two super cool artists this week. I am talking the edgiest band name ever, Wrist Meets Razor, with their new album, and a personal favorite, Poppy, with her brand new killer EP. As always, timestamps are in the description. Episode 14, this is Moshmouth. Wrist Meets Razor, legit one of the edgiest band names I've ever heard, and I love everything about it. If you're wondering if the sound of this band matches the name, I can confirm, it does. So let's get our eyeliner, put on Blade in the background, and load up our MySpace page right into this track by track. We are talking the second album, Replica of a Strange Love, from the Washington DC metalcore band Wrist Meets Razor, all one word. This was released June 11th, 2021 via Prosthetic Records. The album was produced by Isaac Hale. Better known for being the guitarist and second vocalist of Kentucky hardcore band Knocked Loose. And I didn't know he did production, but he did a killer job on this record. Wrist Meets Razor is Jonah Thorne on vocals and guitar, Justin Fornoff on vocals and bass guitar, Brian Prosser on drums and vocals, and Tyler Norris, lead guitar. And yes, three out of the four members do do vocals. We have 12 songs coming in at about 34 minutes. Let's start with track one. Our Distress Entwined. High energy, right out of the gate. You will instantly be transported back to 2009. I think the line, In fresh blood I confide, One silver bullet, no serpentine, sums up the vibe they are going for here with some huge gothic vibes but make no mistake this shit is heavy and we get some awesome breakdowns in here i get a lot of very early atreyu and the used vibes with the subject matter and also big bleeding through vibes as well if you like that old school kind of metalcore sound you're gonna love this track two last tango in paris this one features Isaac Hale of Knock Loose, also the producer of this record. This was the lead single. I think this is a great choice as the lead single. It's heavy as hell and would be a massive circle pit song. The song also really shows the versatility in singing when you have three of your members doing the vocals. You also get a fourth vocalist with Isaac's part. The chorus has that nice, clean, early 2000s emo vibe to it, which contrasts really nicely to the super heavy verses. I think going in a more melodic direction has really helped this band mature its sound. Also, ending breakdown, cherry on top of this song. Track three, Psychophant. This one might be my favorite song on the record. It's really close between this one and another one. This is the song I would put on my MySpace profile. Not only is it heavy as hell, but the clean section in the middle is very catchy. It reminds me a lot of the band Thursday, also kind of the early the used, and it breaks it up really nice. I also like how this song doesn't really have a chorus, and this is something that's kind of repeated throughout the album. Most of the songs are shorter, which normally I would have to, I'm not always a big fan of, but 
It's shorter, but nothing is really repeated here. A lot of the song structures are just very simple, but nothing is really repeated, which makes it feel fresh all the way through. And in result, you kind of get some shorter songs, but like I said, it feels fresh the whole way through. Track four, and I don't know if I can pronounce this. I believe it's Neitzich, I think it's German, is dead. This is the shortest song on the record. It's pure, chaotic, hardcore, through and through. Reminds me of their previous album. If you're a fan of the band CU Space Cowboy, this is going to be a song you're going to really, really enjoy. Track five, Love's Labor Lost. This song works as an almost interlude, but at the same time isn't really an interlude. It slows things way down, and it turns up the creepiness factor with some nice use of synths and isolated echo vocals. We even get the scene core signature whispered vocals at the end, which very nice. Track six, anemic, the same six words. This one was another single. It picks up the pace again after the slowdown of Love's Labor Lost. Have to get a shout out to the bass and the drumming in this song. Top fucking notch. Also another well-rounded song when it comes to vocals with of course, three of the members contributing to give us a nice, well-rounded sound. I again love how these guys structure their songs. Most of these songs are on the shorter side, but since they don't really need to repeat choruses very often, the length feels a lot more natural. Track seven, Eyes of Sulfide. If you haven't been sold on the gothic core vibe of the album, the opening lyrics on this one should sell you on this song. Red Glowing Eyes. Pierce through a pitch black night, searing ever clear. In my dreams, I see the light, the smoke from your burning sweet demise. Musically, it's another metallic hardcore banger with mostly all uncleans outside of a few little parts here and there. It also has a massive ending breakdown to really hammer it home. Track eight, Dies Iray. I think I might have screwed that up as well. That's actually Latin for Day of Wrath. Musically, this one reminds me so, so much of early Bullet for My Valentine in the music department. It's a chug fest, and I'm all about it. Also, I have to point out that maybe the lyrics will come off as pretty edgy for some, but I cannot say they are generic or boring at all. There's lots of religious references in this one, and we get a nice little bonus of a mini breakdown at the end. That kind of slapped me right in the balls, so that's always a win in my book. Track 9, 99 and 44 one hundredths. The title is a reference to Tales from the Crypt episode, so that's definitely matching the aesthetic we got going on here. This is another gloomy, synth-filled, creepy track that, again, it kind of acts as a bridge between two tracks. I don't want to call it interlude, but... I really have to applaud this style of connecting a record. I'm I'm a big fan of this. Track 10, A Fractured Dovetail Romance. It hits like a defibrillator after the last slower song. This one's fast, mean, and heavy with the standout line, hang the corpse of our love for all to see. 16-year-old me would be all about that. And 10 years later, 26-year-old me is still all about that. This one also has my favorite breakdown on the record near the end. It's a brutal way to end the last heavier song of the record. Track 11, This Summer's Sorrow 2, Growing Old in the Waiting Place. Love that title. So dramatic. This was another single, and I think this one 
might be the strongest overall song on the record. It is not as heavy vocally as the other stuff, but it has some huge deftone vibes, and it does a magnificent job of creating this huge, bleak atmosphere with its harmonic guitar effects and softer, almost whispered vocals at points. It also kind of works as sort of a prelude to the last song, because the last line in this song is, I need to see the end. And that's repeated several times before leading into the final track. So I think that's kind of a cool, subtle way to, to do that. Track 12, All the Way Alive. This is a synth-filled outro for the album. I think it works pretty well for the most part. But I do have to say, I kind of wish that This Summer Sorrow was the last song instead. But this one still works pretty well. It's just a little short. And that's it. That's all 12 tracks. This was a really solid listen for me. It took a lot of elements and styles that I love musically and kind of smashed them all together for just a really fun listen. I think this album was paced rather well outside of maybe the last track. There are no bad songs, but it is a tad short, especially since we kind of had a few interlude type tracks. However, I think this is a great example of maturity between albums, especially for a band in the metallic hardcore sound space like this. Definitely give this one a shot if you're a fan of like the early 2000s heavy scene inspired era. Or, you know, if you enjoy the chaotic metallic hardcore bands like Knocked Loose, you're probably going to like this. I'm excited to see where these guys go. This is an 8 out of 10 for me. Next up on the review, we got Poppy. And Poppy, she is one of my favorite artists of the past couple years. Back when she just made weird shit on YouTube, then she released like this very well-polished, straight, bubblegum pop record. Then she started kind of transitioning into this like more alternative, almost metal-infused pop sound on her album, I Am A Girl. But then she went full-on pop metal with her album, I Disagree. That came out in 2020. It was one of my favorite records of the year. Now she's fucking back with a surprise drop of her new EP entitled Eat. I also have to point out that Eat, strangely, is a collaboration with WWE Pro Wrestling, as I guess they'll be using a few of these songs to promote some of their upcoming events. But I think that's fantastic. It's great exposure for Poppy. I always love seeing artists getting some well-deserved promotion. And I just want to get right to it. Uh, this is my favorite EP of the year so far. I loved this from front to back. Brutally heavy in some parts. Great melodic, polished, clean sections like Poppy's known for. It's just everything I love about Poppy, past and present. It also has this massive late 90s new metal influence. I especially hear a ton of Slipknot self-titled in here. And that is literally one of my favorite albums of all time. So I might be a little bit biased on this one. But let's do the track by track quick. And before I get into that, yes, Poppy, she does all the lead vocals. She writes all the songs. But I got to give it to her band in this one. Nicholas Perez is doing the guitar on this record. He's in a band called The Beta Machine, as well as the bassist, Matt McJunkins. He plays the bass. He's also from the band Beta Machine, but he has also played with a perfect circle, so he's kind of a veteran. And Ralph Alexander on the drums. He's from the band called The Dose. 
I've never heard that band, but I'm probably going to have to go listen to them because my dude, Ralph Alexander, on the drums, destroys on this little EP. It's fucking awesome. Uh, we also have Ted Goins on the keyboard and the sounds. He has worked with Kesha and Tegan and Sarah previously, so she's got quite the roster of veteran musicians helping her out on this one, which I think has kind of taken this EP to the next level. We have five songs on this EP. Comes in at about 14 minutes. It's track one, Eat. It's the opener, and oh fucking boy, I fucking love this song. This is probably the most brutal pop he has ever sounded. We have this huge industrial new metal influence with C's poppy not only screaming, but borderline rapping at certain parts. This is where I get the huge Slipknot influence. I also hear a lot of Ghost Mane in here, which would make sense because I believe they're married now. So it would make sense that his influence is kind of bled into her. But we still get this clean chorus with Poppy using her excellent, excellent cleans. It's I just loved it right away. I was like, this is going to be a fucking banger. The, the production on this album, I'm not sure who produced it, but it's kind of got like that throwback production where it's kind of, you know, crinkly in a way. It kind of sounds like it was recorded on tape, but then certain sections sound fucking pristine. And normally that would be weird, but for Poppy, it just kind of works here. Track two, Say Cheese. I think I will say this is the heaviest Poppy track ever. It's not even close. We also get a goddamn jazz interlude type break, which I it kind of came out of nowhere, but it's really, really cool. If you've ever listened to Slipknot's earliest material before they had Corey Taylor, they were kind of a jazz core type band, and that's really what it reminded me of, and I, I just, it's so out of left field, but it just works so well. I love it. Also, the jazz interlude, it kind of leads into Poppy just giving a brutal just crazy scream followed by a massive chunky breakdown the first time i heard this i was literally left with my mouth hanging open i did not realize she was capable of sounding like this this is it's crazy track three q first off like i said before the drumming on this whole ep absolutely off the charts but especially prevalent in this song ralph alexander my god dude you crushed this song this song, I kind of think, is the perfect mix of all things Poppy. Not only do we get the crushing heaviness that of the first two songs, but we also get a more traditional, clean, highly polished type chorus, which you'd probably be familiar with if you listen to I Disagree or Am I a Girl. Track four, Breeders. This is the most modern Poppy sounding song on the EP. We get the heavier guitars, but it's almost all exclusively clean, highly polished vocals, along with some very nice keyboard and synths. I think this is probably one of the catchiest songs. It's gotten stuck in my head more than anything else lately. I got to give a shout out to Matt on the bass also on this one. Bass line is the backbone of this song, and it is oh so nice. Track five, Dark Dark World. This one has some major industrial vibes with some crazy sound effects kind of sprinkled throughout. This one has my favorite chorus on the record with a nice mix of clean and dirty vocals, some very tasty riffs, and again, the drumming. My God, the, the drumming is just so damn good on this whole EP. I, I love it. This is my, my favorite EP of the year. This, this far, like I said, I love literally everything about this. I, I don't have anything I can really criticize outside of that I want more songs, but it's an EP, so I can't really dock it for that. 
it's the culmination of all these sounds I've come to love from Poppy. Kind of all winded together perfectly. It's raw, but at the same time, it's very polished. It's chaotic, but at the same time, it's a very focused EP. I'm not going to say this is for everyone. If you like industrial or new metal or female-led heavier music, please, please, please go listen to this. This is the first 10 out of 10 I've given on this podcast. But here we are. 10 out of 10, Poppy with her Eat EP. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go listen to it again. Hope you enjoyed those two track-by-tracks. I want to talk just a few other new releases quick. Since, again, we had some pretty good ones this week. Real quick, I want to cover the new EP from Kenny Hoopla and Travis Barker called Survivor's Guilt, the mixtape. It dropped, and I was insanely impressed. I I've listened to a little bit of Kenny Hoopla after he kind of started getting big over these past couple months. I checked out his last EP. It was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really know what to expect with Travis because we had MGK with his album with Travis, which I personally enjoyed, but I also know a lot of people did not like that. But I really think that this one... It's, it's Travis Barker's next take on the pop punk revival with hip-hop artists. But don't let that scare you off, because if you're a fan of older Blink-182, please check this out. Uh, Kenny sounds great, even hitting some borderline screams, which I, I didn't know he did. That, that's pretty cool. And Travis Barker, of course, goes off with some absolutely massive drumming, like always. I think this is going to be what a lot of people that were disappointed with the new MGK were looking for. As a massive Blink-182 fan and pop-punk fan in general, please check out this EP. It's an easy 9 out of 10. If you want to sample one song, uh, check out Turn Back Time. I think that's probably my personal favorite. But that's Kenny Hoopla's with his Survivor Guilt, the mixtape. Go check that out. It's really fresh. It has kind of a hip-hop influence to it, but it's just done really, really well. If you like well-done kind of the old-school pop-punk, check it out, please. Speaking of Blink-182... Angels and Airwaves, who is led by the former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLonge, has finally announced their new album, Life Forms. I've been waiting so long for them to finally make an announcement. That's due out September 24th via Rise Records. Along with the announcement, they have released a new single titled Restless Souls, and it is very good. Just a well-crafted, catchy, electronic rock song. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the I Empire era, which is probably one of my favorite eras of Angels and Airwaves. So if you like that, go check that shit out. Chunk No Captain Chunk, they put out the title track from their upcoming comeback album, Gone Are the Good Days. That's due out July 30th. Super excited. Of course, they were right up there with A Day to Remember back in the day for me on that Easy Core vibe. If you're looking for a feel-good summer Easy Core jam, this one's going to be right up your alley. Let's talk. Wargasm, the experimental, new metal, dual vocal duo out of the UK has released a new song called Pyro Pyro. I love these guys. Their stuff always sounds super fresh, but it also has that cool kind of throwback sound at the same time. The male-female trade-off vocals are fucking awesome. This is some of the most exciting shit in the new metal revival, I will say. Wargasm out of the UK with Pyro Pyro. Speaking of dual vocals, another awesome band, Hot Milk, put out a new single called I Just Want to Know What Happens When I'm Dead. Me too. This one is more along the lines of emo pop punk side. 
So if you're a fan of Stand Atlantic or the like, definitely give this one a listen. The dual vocals between the two members are fucking cool. And today, the last single I want to talk about is called Halo, and it's by a band called the Dead Rabbits. And the reason I want to bring it up is because I talked a lot of shit lately about Escape to Fate. Rightfully so, in my opinion. And the reason is the Dead Rabbits is Craig Mavitt's side project. He's the lead singer of Escape to Fate as well. And this song right here is literally why I have talked to shit I have about Escape to Fate. Because this new single is awesome. It shows off the talent of Craig that kind of seems to be blatantly ignored for the most part in more recent Escape to Fate releases. If you kind of liked Escape to Fate way back in the day off of This War is Ours, or just the heavier side of them in general, uh, check this out because I think you'll really kind of find what's missing in the newer direction of Escape to Fate. So, Craig, I know, I know you can do it because you show me all the time. Can you guys just put some of this shit back into Escape to Fate? Put this quality songwriting back into Escape to Fate. You can do radio and still be good, but that last album was not it. But this, Halo by the Dead Rabbits, very nice. I endorse. With that, I think that'll do it. This episode's a little shorter this week, but thanks for listening. This has been Moshmouth, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.